Welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. This is a non-judgmental place to explore spirituality, and we're so glad you're here. This is a viewer and listener supported podcast, so we greatly appreciate your support. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Be sure and like, share, and subscribe to any of the social media content platforms that you're using. And then if you go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, you can make a one-time donation or with a monthly subscription, you'll gain access to our bonus content. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. All right, everybody, welcome to Spirituality Adventures. We're so glad you joined us today. We are excited to have Barakat Mamo. Mamo, did I say it right? Yes. <laughs> say it for us. You can say Barakat Mamo. Barakat Mamo. Mamo. Right. We are on location in Ethiopia, yeah. in Addis Ababa. And uh, I met Barakat just, uh, what, six weeks ago, four weeks ago? I think Three so. weeks ago? Yeah. <laughs> At least a month. A month ago. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, a friend of mine in Kansas City heard about uh, Barakat. Am I saying it right? Yeah. And wanted me to meet her just because of my connections in Ethiopia. And so I said, well, that'd be great. I'd love to do that. We ended up having coffee. And we are right now in, on location in a, with a ministry that she and her husband started several, couple, what, a year ago maybe? Yeah year ago. And she's working, well, we're going to explain that to you in a little bit, but she's working with homeless women here mm -hmm. in Ethiopia, Addis Ababa. And so uh, we had a delightful conversation. I was actually, for those of you who remember, I interviewed Bobby Joe Reed from The Healing House, and I was able to introduce her to Bobby Joe, and her heart and Bobby Joe's heart seem really, really similar. So for those of you who heard my Bobby Joe, or if you miss the Bobby Joe interview, go back and watch the Healing House interview. I think you'll really enjoy that. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah. So let's let's start by just getting a little bit of your story, like okay. your story of origin, yes. you know, where you were born, okay. where you grew up, how you came to America, okay. and then how you came back here, right? So yeah. give us your origin story. Okay. Yeah. So I was born in... Um, Ethiopia, so here um, in the capital, Addis Ababa, and I moved to Maryland when I was about seven years old. Uh, my parents um, were a total of seven children, but I was number seven. Wow. So, um, yeah, God had just, like, he cleared the path for us to also go to the um, United States through my dad. Okay. So, so. Did your family have a faith background when you grew up? Oh yeah, yeah. What so was they, that? They were they were um, Christians just since I was born. I, I you know I, I knew Jesus and I knew just the love of Jesus since I was very little. So um, that's why I've always wanted to know more of Him and more of His love. So I've began to just even like, pray and just ask God like, what what am I doing on earth? Like, why am I here? Um, so even just a heart for missions in general, that, that was just in my heart since I was mm -hmm. very little. So, yeah. So did you guys have like a home church here in Addis Ababa? So although I was seven years old, I, I do remember um, in Addis, right? Uh, mm -hmm. My parents would invite a lot of their neighbors and just show the Jesus bell. I mean, oh, that was yeah. a long time ago. Right, yeah. Right. And I just remember people just giving up, you know, giving their lives to Jesus yeah. and like crying and weeping and just, just feeling God's presence right. in that place, yeah. 
I remember when the Jesus film came out okay. and it was being shown around the world. You know, they, I think they translated that Jesus film into, I can't so even, many different languages. Hun oh, hundreds of languages, hundreds, hundreds yeah. of languages. And I think at the time, in a, in a window of time, it was one of the most uh, effective strategies of people coming to Christ. And like they would even roll up into like villages that didn't have like electricity and all that kind of stuff. And they right. would, they you would can have show a, it through the solar, there's a solar yeah, system. Solar panels, yeah. generators, yeah. Mm -hmm. whatever. And so sometimes people are watching for the first time, like a motion picture yes. <laughs> and then seeing the life of Jesus, the yeah. crucifixion, the resurrection, all those things. So, yeah. Right. And just, I just remember that being played in our house, like all the time here. And then we just moved to the States. So like, I, I still had that, like, I don't know, mm -hmm. you know, just again, just, I guess I love Jesus. Like since I was little, it was just, I don't know. Yeah. Very powerful for sure. And, uh, you were seven when you moved to mm -hmm. America yeah. and your whole family, my whole family, and you were the youngest. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you guys landed in, uh, Maryland, Maryland. Yes. Okay. So we were in the, the DMV area most of the time, the DC, Virginia, Maryland, and they're still there. So all my family, all the, all their, well, my parents' kids, they, they all have husbands and wives and they have children and yeah. So you have a lot of family in Maryland, but- A lot, yes. And your mom and dad actually live in where? Kansas, Kansas City. <laughs> Kansas City, in Gladstone. Yes. So for those of you who are Kansas City folks yeah. watching this, yeah. yeah. And then I have so. several in uh, North Carolina, like okay. some of my siblings. All right. Yeah. So did you jump into public schools kind of like right away? Right, yeah, yep. And were you already speaking English? from Addis or For, was that? So we were very young and my, my dad used to have like a mentor uh, for us when we were here, just so we can like at least p pick up like English words, but we were only speaking Amharic. So we, I had to adjust to not, the, not only to the culture, but to the language and just uh, so many different things um, at a very young age, yeah. Yeah, so coming from Addis, like I, there's things <laughs> when I come here, <laughs> that I'm going, oh my God, you know, that oh, yeah. some, something, I love the country, right? I would, I've <laughs> been coming right. for 20 years, mm -hmm. but there's some things that just drive me a little bit crazy. Mm -hmm. You were young, so seven years old, yeah. seven year olds are a little more flexible than like somebody my age, right? Probably, yeah. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Were there things adapted that, really well. Fast, yeah, I'm yeah. curious, like were there things that you can remember experiencing that you disliked and were there things that you really loved? I'm just kind of curious from your childhood perspective yeah so when like? we so when we moved it was a, around december so it was snow so i just remember being a seven-year-old girl looking at ice like white ice i was like what like never seen that so, so it was like beautiful is, by the way Addis is eight thousand feet in elevation yes it? but it doesn't really snow much right no it doesn't yeah, yeah i've ne never seen snow here yeah at all. So you're seeing snow for the first time. First time, yeah. And did you like was, it? Yeah, I loved it. It's like mesmerizing. Oh my goodness, yes. Did you get out in it? Oh yeah, we played and like my, my parents were like, you know, like, no, we're not gonna, you know, they were scared or something. But we were just out at the like outdoors and just like playing with the snow. And it was Christmas, so we have all that, you know, just Christmas memories as a kid. Yeah. So we really like, I think we just fit it, fit it into the culture really well because we were very young. Um, 
although it was, you know, very, I mean, it's hard on anyone to have such a different cultural shock mm -hmm. as well. So things like I experienced in the public school, I would come home and just try to adjust to like my parents' expectation of getting really good grades or just being really like making like the American dream worth it, you know, mm -hmm. like, because, you know, we came here, we paid all this price for you to come and just now you have to make it worth it, like, mm -hmm. you know? So that there's a lot of pressure mm -hmm. for that and just getting, you know, better grades. But we're trying to address just all these differences. Mm -hmm. um, so we didn't receive a lot of grace, like not, not from my, my parents, but just in general, like, oh my goodness, there's so many things to adjust to. Um, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm curious, like when you were, you know, first emerging into the American culture, did you have an Ethiopian community that you kind of connected with that helped, helped you with that a little bit? Or were you guys we, pretty pioneer for your whole family? We, we did not. We're, especially now though, there's so many different like Eritreans, Ethiopians that live in the mm -hmm. DMV area. I'm talking about maybe millions, but like before it was just, yeah. Yeah, so we're, we're talking over 20 years ago. Yeah. It seems like, like I'm pretty good at, like when I'm in America, yeah. wherever I go, I'm pretty good at like going, I, I can just look at somebody and go, I bet you that's an Ethiopian. <laughs> like, you start picking that up. <laughs> and I'm about 95% right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I so mean, you've been, so have you been, well, you've been back and forth. Maybe yeah, for 20 years. I came the first okay. time in 2002. Oh, okay. And so you were, you were still here yeah. as a young child. Um, and so I've been going back and forth many times and, uh, yeah, so it's made me tune into the Ethiopian culture mm -hmm. in America, right? Yeah. So like if you came to Kansas City, like there's like there's a five minutes, there's a evangelical, a Romo evangelical there, church yeah. for me. <laughs> you know, you can go down south in Overland Park and find a Ethiopian Orthodox church. There's yeah. Ethiopian restaurants. And so there's a there's a pretty pretty robust Ethiopian community where if you if you immigrated now you'd have a little bit of a that's true. Of a, of a home. Oh, yeah. But There's when you so guys people, went, no. you really didn't have that. Mm -mm. Okay. Yeah. So you're on your own. Yeah. But you're... we did connect with the, there's a huge Ethiopian church in the DC area. Mm -hmm. um, so we were, my parents were very strong again with their faith. So we would go there like every Sunday yeah. and really we have like different conferences. Um, the, you know, the Ethiopian church will do a lot of worship and just a lot of that. No. So we were very connected to that after so yeah. it wasn't too hard. Um, yeah, when I came over here, you know, like I felt like even the Baptists and the Mennonites were charismatic or Pentecostal. You know? <laughs> yes. like they all got into the, yeah. the worship guys jumping up and down. Uh, it doesn't matter what denomination you are. You're yeah. jumping yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. yelling. Yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> Which was fun. I loved it. Yeah. So, um, so you were in public schools mm -hmm. through elementary, all junior through high, high school. High yeah. school. So mm -hmm. you graduated from one of the high schools in mm -hmm. which Maryland. Um, in Germantown, Maryland. Okay. Yeah. How many of your graduating class? Uh, we're big. I can't remember. But big school? Yeah. Big okay. school. Yeah. And you were already thinking of going to college. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That wasn't even an option. Probably, yeah, right? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you will go to college. Yes. Right. Yeah. So which college did you pick? So I ended up going to Messiah University. It was a college when I was going. Mm -hmm. um, so I, um, I applied to become like a medical doctor. Because oh, wow. that's what you do when you're, you know. med track. Yes. Yeah. Um, but like I was saying to you, since a very young age, I think God has put um, missions in general in my heart, just going out and 
talking about Jesus anywhere, you can still do that when you're a doctor. But for me, it was like, no, I want you to mm. completely just be in this route. So I'll go and change your um, degree to Christian ministries. So you're you literally feeling called yeah. to some kind of ministry mm -hmm. when you were pretty young. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I just remember like going back from the admissions office to my dorm room right. and going back again because I called my dad and I said, hey, like I'm going to change my major. And like my dad was, I thought he was going to be very upset because they did, I mean, they paid a lot of price for us to get to that point. Um, but he said, you know, like we've, we've done everything. Now you just have to listen to your father in heaven. Mm -hmm. So he made the choice a lot less hard. Yeah. So yeah, I ended up getting my first degree in Christian ministries. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have any other family members that are in like full-time Christian ministry? Um, any pastors no. in your family? Oh, yeah, any? yeah. So my, sister, so my sister, husband, he's a pastor. He's, okay. He's a pastor to a very small Ethiopian church in the Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. Um, but most all of us um, are in some type of ministry. Maybe not full-time, right. but maybe we have worship leaders. We have so many different, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the only one that is in full-time okay. ministry right now, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. All right, so Messiah College, I'm thinking, is a Christian college, is that right? It is. I'm guessing it's by a the private, name. It's a private Christian college, yes. Okay. And, uh, Very small. <laughs> is it connected with any kind of denomination at all? Just... Uh, I think Brethren. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So interesting. Yeah. That, that could be pretty conservative. Oh, yeah, very conservative, yeah. but not as not as much as I thought it would okay. be. Okay, yeah. yeah. You could yeah. wear pants? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every now and then you get some yeah, of these yeah. really, really uptight yeah. uh, Christian places where the, you know, like, especially people my age, if they went to a school that was Christian, you could, you know, I even went, like, I went to Baylor. It was a huge Christian oh, university. It's yeah. Baptist. So, like, you couldn't dance on campus, mm. no alcohol on campus. You know, just, there were just certain there, Yeah, you can't have, things. I don't think, we, you know, you can you have could, alcohol. You could have sororities and fraternities, but uh, not on campus. They had to be, like, the houses had to be off campus and all that. How, so, how was that for you? <laughs> it was interesting. You know, I wasn't really, I, had, I felt called to be a pastor when I was 16. Oh, okay. So, I went there very focused, you know, so I really wasn't into the fraternity thing. You know, okay. I was working. 30 hours a week, taking wow. full-time load, you know, then I was going to seminary and then yeah. I was going into the ministry kind of thing. So I had a very focused ministry track in my yeah. life kind of a deal. So you graduated from Messiah with Christian ministry mm -hmm. degree. And then what did you do after that? Um, so, bef so before I graduated, I went to Uganda when I was a sophomore. Okay. And that's, again, when I really was like, I love Africa. Like, I don't remember it again when I was seven, but like I was like, when I went back, I was like, this is, I feel like this is where I'm supposed to come back to. So it was just like a kind of revelation as a mm. sophomore. Um, so I was there for four months, um, part of like an exchange study abroad program mm -hmm. that my school had. Okay. And it was, it was amazing. I, I had a really good time with my host family there. They just treated me like I was there, like one of their daughters. Um, but what was very interesting is they were very, I mean, economically poor, right? Mm -hmm. But they were spiritually very, very wealthy. Mm -hmm. Like, you can feel God's presence and just, you just know there's something very different in that house. So mm. I was like, no, I was like, no, this is where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> so after, um, after I finished that study abroad program, I went back to Messiah, finished my school. Um, and then I went to India for six months. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
And for me, that was another, I was like, you know, I like what Africa. Part of India? I was in South India okay. with a very small tribe called the Banjara tribe. Okay. Um, very amazing. Again, loved my experience there. This would this have been a Hindu background? Mostly. Mostly Hindu. Mostly, mm-hmm. yeah. My, again, but my whole family, they were Christians. But you know the difference between Christians and Hindu when you're in India, right? Like mm-hmm. it's very obvious, very different. Sure. Just the um, dress alone, right? Just everything, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But I had such a good time there. I loved India so much. I really enjoyed it. Um, very, I think it's a place where a lot of uh, Christians need to go and really spread the gospel. Very, maybe difficult place to mm. go to. Um, but people who are very, very, really good people there. So, but it was very different being Ethiopian, <laughs> being Ethiopian American, and then going to India, being a single woman, like all of this. There's so many things that are against you, um, but you just learn to just just keep going. Yeah. You know, how you long were you in uh, India? Six months. Okay, wow, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. What was the main language there? Did you? Um, Telugu. Telugu. Okay. I hope I'm saying okay. it right. Did yeah. you Did you learn a little bit? I basic, did. Basic conversation. They, yeah, they taught me. Uh, yeah, how to say shut up. That's bad. But <laughs> I was like, I don't know why my whole sister is like, let me teach you a bad word. I was like, okay. Those are the first ones you always learn wherever you go. I you think know? so. It's like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's funny. Okay, so um, coming back from India then. Yeah. What 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 was your next step? Um, I got well. India was actually part of my master's program. So I got okay. my master's in economic development. Yeah. At? Uh, Eastern, Eastern. Eastern University. University right. Another very private Christian school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I wasn't an East Coast guy. Okay. So I, went, I grew up in Kansas City. I went to Baylor. I went to Southwestern yeah. Baptist Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas. So I had eight years yeah. in Texas. But I did go out to Virginia. Okay. And was pastor out there for three years. Oh, I didn't know that. Before I moved back to Kansas City and started a church in 1990 in Kansas City. Okay. So I did live on the East Coast about three years. But, you know, I, I didn't learn all. There's so many colleges on the East mm-hmm. Coast. And I... So, but Eastern, I had become aware of because of Tony Campolo. Oh, yeah. And another graduate from there, or Tony taught there. And then a guy named Shane Claiborne yes. went to Eastern. Mm-hmm. I think Tony was one of his mentors. And I've really enjoyed Amazing, uh, amazing ministry. guy. Very amazing. Yep. A really big heart for the poor and the mm-hmm. homeless and, you know, the marginalized and yeah. outcast and all that kind of stuff. So, Yeah. So I, I meet another Eastern grad. You <laughs> yes. did your master's there. I did, yes. And uh, after that, what where, where did it take you? So after that, um, I just start praying. I was like, God, like I know you have put some kind of heart for me for the poor, right? So I've always I feel like I feel like Jesus was with the poor. He spent a lot of times with the poor. Um, so I've always wanted to know like how can I do that, right? How can I? be the hands and feet of Jesus on earth. And I know there's a lot of people dying. I know there's a lot of marginalized people. I know there's a lot of oppression. Um, we live in a broken world. Um, but I was like, how can I help at least one person? I wasn't thinking of like any extreme end. Um, so I just began to pray. I think that's where everything mm-hmm. starts. Yeah. So I, as I was praying, um, I really felt like the Lord was um, asking me to read John, uh, John 4 about the story with the Samaritan women mm-hmm. and how Jesus interacts with her yeah. and says, give me water. He came to her um, 
as in as a person that was in need right right so he has he told himself right i need like i need to, i'm going to approach her with a mentality of how what not what can i do for you but what you can do for me and what she said to him is like why are you talking to me you're a jew i'm a samaritan mm-hmm. um so she spoke about the differences right about just the ethnic difference um also just her being a woman and him being a man like that interaction in public is not even acceptable culturally yeah Uh, but what she says to him, no, what he says to her was very amazing. He says, if you knew the gift of God, if you knew who was asking, you would have asked him and he would have given you springs of living water. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, God, what does that mean? <laughs> um, but I felt like the Lord um, was asking me to go to Ethiopia, straight to Ethiopia. And I don't know if I was, I don't know if it was in a dream or when I was praying, I did see Jesus, Jesus giving water to women and children. Um, again, I don't know who, like, I can't say it was Jesus or anything, but I, that's what I felt. Um, again, I don't know if it was a dream or a vision. Um, so I went straight to Ethiopia with a one-way ticket. Wow. And I don't have any, What I don't have any family. That? Um, 2018. 2018. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So that was, um. And all your family was in Maryland. All of them. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So what yeah. it, you moved back here and. Found yeah. a little apartment somewhere. And- But no, my thing, it's so amazing. I think this is a God thing. Um, my dad was actually here for that year because mm-hmm. um, my parents, want to, they want to retire here. So he was here. You know how a lot of the local Ethiopians, actually diasporas is what they call them, um, when they've lived in the States for a long time, most of the elderly, they'd rather come and just retire here. So my mm-hmm. parents were, my dad was here just looking and surveying where they can retire. So he, had, he already had an apartment, so he had okay. an extra room I can just stay. Okay. And yeah, that's... Cool. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So you met somebody special. I did. While you were here. <laughs> yes. Whom I just met just, just a few minutes ago. Yeah. Right? Yep. Tell yep. us about, t- give us a little love story real quick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I met my husband, Was. His name's Was. He, um, so how I met him was through... So he works for an intervarsity, um, uh, and the Ethiopian, it's called Ivasu. Okay. So basically they work with um, college campuses right. and talk about Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so when I came to Ethiopia, the first thing, um, my, well, the first thing that people told me to do is since I didn't know, I don't know anyone here, and my dad, he doesn't know a lot of people, um, they said, hey, why don't you talk with this Ivasu, mm-hmm. um, they have a lot of volunteers. You know, they have a lot of college students. So I just went to the director, which I, I was connected to, and and he said, "Hey, there's you know, there's Was. That's my husband now, but he was like, he will be able to help you with even just getting the process and getting the license um, of helping women and children." Um, so we met um, just in that way. But long story short, after I saw him. <laughs> I was like, I think like, like I felt very comfortable with him and just, he was very, yeah, we were just, we were together in a sense, like just doing a lot of the serving part of the ministry now that we we're mm-hmm. going to talk about it, but we start looking at what is the, like, there's a lot of poverty in Ethiopia, but there's different causes, right? So we start looking at women specifically and children. And uh, we noticed that there's just a lot of, um, not only hope, like hopelessness, homelessness, Uh, poverty, but there's deeper issue. Mm. Um, so how we met is we just start, ser- we were together serving. So mm-hmm. all, like at night we would go and just see 
um, a lot of like the prostitution that's going on, a lot of sex trafficking that happens. Um, and then we both just start getting the license to mm -hmm. open the restoration halls. Um, so that's our story. Yeah, what, so um, that's really cool. And people who haven't been here, like, yeah. you know, like if you go to big cities in America, mm -hmm. you know, in some cities, the homeless are more obvious mm. than other cities, right? That's right. But nothing like here. Mm. I mean, every street corner, every block, yeah. almost, has a mom holding a young child. I'm begging. Who's That's trying right. to live off of handouts through the car windows. That's and I mean, right. and there has to be mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of them. Yep. Like all over, you know, just in Addis alone. Mm -hmm. I'm sure if you go to other big cities around here, there's similar issues. But Addis in particular, I mean, it. You can't, like, you can't be white like me and walk down the street. <laughs> yeah. And and every tenth step. Yeah. You know, be confronted with the issues of poverty and yeah. homelessness and right all of that. It's yeah, it's higher, like more. I guess, yeah, being white for you, right? It's more. Um, you you see it right directly. For me, what I notice is. Um, well, and they see me as money, so Mon they, yeah. they go to me. They run right, to you. right fast, you yeah. Know, like and that. they can't, and they usually won't tell you the deeper issue. With me, I think what helped me most is being Ethiopian and not speaking English usually around them, and just speaking Amharic and just being in, inside the culture and knowing mm -hmm. it very well to the best of my ability, and knowing my husband. He's you know he was born and grew up here, so we we're able to target the real poverty. Right. Yeah. And tell me this, is it a bit like a class system? You know, like in India, you still have class systems. So like if, you're, if you grow up in a poor family, your kids are born into a poor family, mm. right? I mean, that, and it's hard to break out of that That's right. class. So like I was wondering, like, like women who are on the streets with mm. these small children, mm. did they themselves grow up on the streets? Is it almost Most likely. like, is it Most almost likely. like a, like you, you start there, you grow up there, you yeah. live your life there? Most likely, yeah. yeah. Because again, like, even let's say the highest paying, what's the highest paying profession do you, do you, would you say? In America? Yeah. Oh. Let's just say a doctor, for example. Probably, I, probably IT people who write algorithms. No, yeah. <laughs> but at any rate, no. So mostly, like, <laughs> globally, usually lawyer and doctor is a high. Right. Here, even doctors don't get paid well. Mm. Like, they get paid on a monthly basis and it's not much. Mm. So, Think about the poor of the poor of the poorest. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, these are the uneducated, mm -hmm. right? Un, like untouchable. And we don't really say untouchable here as you do in India or used to, but it's very obvious mm -hmm. um, that discrimination between well, the And there's classes. not a social system mm -hmm. to help, right? Oh yeah. I mean, it's not like they have free healthcare. It's not like they have <laughs> free dental care. It's not like they have free anything, right? Yeah, there's They're literally free. just living on the streets trying to beg a living exactly beg a living from exactly. people who happen to pass by exactly yeah yep and for someone that could stop and do something yeah. right right that's right so <laughs> you, you met your husband i did got married <laughs> yeah got married here i did or do you, how long have you been married uh a year and how many months where are we what month are october. we in october so three months Okay, yeah. you're interested. So, oh, it's kind of newlyweds, right? That's awesome. Yeah. 
And you got married. Did you do two weddings? Did you do one in America and one in Ethiopia? <laughs> no, so my whole family actually came. Okay. So the whole family came. Uh, we had a really big wedding. Um, we had the, you know, just the normal white gown. Mm -hmm. And then we had the traditional. But we were invited to 17 different small wedding events. For you? Uh, for us. Wow. And it was, just, you know, but the culture here is very social and community oriented. So I'm, I'm, anybody can just tell you to come. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, very lear I'm learning. I'm learning. So, <laughs> yes. yeah, but no, very, very much yep. social culture. Did you have the actual wedding ceremony at the Sapphire Hotel or um, somewhere else? No, we the did the, um, uh, the reception. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very beautiful. Yeah. I've stayed there a few very times. Very beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And then how long ago, like, give us, give us the vision for what you're doing in this space, because we're going to run okay. a little bit of, I'm going to take a little bit of video for some B-roll okay. to kind of show the, the, the home that you have. So you have a home here that we're in. We're in the living room. We are. So we're in the place where you would do your teaching with women. Tell, tell yes. us, give us your vision. Okay. And then you've, you've just recently graduated a class of about we, 20 women. Is yes, that right? Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. So give us yeah. the vision, what okay. you're doing, what you're trying to do. Um, so, you know how I mentioned earlier, I've always wanted to see if I can help at least one person, but um, I feel like we've been helping a lot. So basically um, seeing the amount of poverty, we, I came and my husband came into a conclusion that we can't help everyone, but we can target a certain group. And we noticed that women and children usually are always mostly, not always, mostly, are the most, the poor of the poorest. So we said, hey, what can we do to help them or alleviate some kind of poverty from them? Mm -hmm. So we noticed that sex trafficking is huge. So a lot of women come from the surrounding areas of Addis. Mm -hmm. So Hosanna, oh, really? Awasa, uh, the rural areas. And mm -hmm. some of the parents would send them to the city um, they're promised a job like a waitress or something mm. but what ends up happening is they're in the um, brothels uh. so you see a lot of a lot of young women like some 13 young as oh 13 gosh. 14 who are selling their body just to make a living oh wow so it's again caused by poverty so if we can i, I said hey if we can have a house like i called the now this is called the samaritan house based on what I saw mm -hmm. um, or from the Bible too. Um, but we said, hey, why don't we house them so we can at least pay for their rent, pay for their food. Some of them come with no clothing, so get give them clothing. Um, but then get them into a vocational trading program mm -hmm. so they can learn to, you know, whatever their interest is, so they can have a job once they, they, they graduate. Mm -hmm. So basically this house literally provides for anything and everything. They don't have to pay nothing. They just come in, just feel restored and loved. And just, you met our counselor, very amazing yeah. uh, people. They just, you know, give them hugs and Is just- Hannah? Just, Hannah, yeah, okay. Hannah and nice. TG. So they do a lot of the work and um, we just love on them and just do everything we can. So they, they, so they don't have to live in poverty and also not have their kids also, you know, that generational curse you were just talking about, yeah. not having that to be continued. Uh, so, yeah. So, ha so what, what do you call the ministry? What's the name of it? The spring, uh, Springs of Living Water. Springs of Living Water. Yeah. Or okay, SLW. Right, at, right out of the John 4 passage. Yeah, exactly. Right. And um, you, you've started a 501c3 in America so I, that did, Americans yeah. actually can 
give uh, to this ministry oh, yeah. if, they, if they are interested and want to help out. Do you have a website as well? We do. It's www.thespringsoflivingwater.org. Okay, springsoflivingwater.org. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so check that out as well. Yeah. And so how do you, you've had... You've, you've been you've got this property that I'm on right now. Yes. How long have you had this property? So we uh, so we got it for oh my goodness 2000 yeah so April 2022 was actually our first group of women that came. Okay. And they finished their program within four four months, um, for really five months. Uh, but the four so months. So less than I mean you're talking seven months ago. So the you've had this place now for about seven months. Yes. Right. And this is done through donations, everything, right? Totally. Uh, mo uh, well, I actually sold my car to start. Okay. So most of that, so we, this is a rented property. We pay a lot of money. Okay. <laughs> um, but starting was just all, you know, and then now it's mostly donations. Yeah. Right. So yeah. like you're literally talking food, clothing, clothing medical care, medical care, dental, anything that's Training. needed. You're trying to get all of that donated Yeah. here in kind in yeah. in Addis, right? And you have some supporters stateside. You obviously need to yeah. expand your support base exactly in a big, big way. Right. Um, so this is a this is a brand new buddy ministry. Yeah, and, very yeah, very um, very new. <laughs> and so some of the folks are going to be able to see some of the B roll that we that I shoot okay. of the actual facility. Okay. That you're using housing. So you've graduated two groups of women now. One group. One group, and you're 20. getting ready to start a second group. Exactly. Okay. In two weeks, the new group will come and in. Tell me the tell me the process that you use to actually, you know, process. Like, how do you determine which woman is going to get in yeah. here? <laughs> and do you take children or just women without children? Okay, very good question. So, how do we determine? So, I use my husband's instinct after God, of course. So he again, like I said, he was born, he grew up here, so he knows where. Um, those who are the poor of the poor of the poorest. Um, so he has a lot of connections with local churches and not only at these, but in the rural areas, like I said, and these churches meet at a mud house. Uh, some of the women and girls that they have at the church are literally sitting on rocks and just having Sunday service. Um, I've, I've preached in some of those places. <laughs> exactly. And some of the, those are the, you know, the uh, saddest, mostly, you know, uh, abused uh, um, in just in all kinds of ways, those women and mm. uh, girls, really. So we connect with local pastors like that, and we ask them, hey, could you refer okay. to us who are, again, the, the most hurting? So we get couples from different rural areas like that. Um, but for Adis, we actually go out at doing night un, um, uh, re, uh, outreaches at night from like 10 p.m. to two in the morning, just my husband and myself, and we go out and give cards oh, wow. to the women who are so actually in prostitution. Yeah, so you're, you're like just walking up to a gal <laughs> that's on the street yeah, and striking up a conversation. Exactly. They're either going to chew you away mm -hmm. or... Mostly people do, yeah. but most of them who are desperate will mm -hmm. actually say, yes, I don't want to do this for a living. Mm. Um, can you help me? Okay. So we started making lists. So now we're going off of the list that we've already, you know, cultivated um, from the past year. Interesting. Yeah. So we, that's how we do the outreach. So we do depend on local churches, but also we depend on our own, on our own to just go out. So you do reconnaissance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> wow. So, that's crazy. So, and then we then determine 
again, who has the worst situation? It's so sad to say that because we want to bring as many as we can. Right. But the house can only hold 20. Yeah. Um, so we really, you know, we can have more than you've seen it. You'll see it. Um, but also, um, we want to make, make sure those who are in the desperate situation get help first. Okay. So, um, what was the second question? I well, you bring them in here. To, are there any children? Oh, children. Yeah. Yeah. So we, so there are women that we do support outside of the restoration house. So they're called a non-residential program. So basically they are living in their own facility, mostly mud houses or like a one bedroom rented house mm -hmm. or a round down somewhere, but they don't want to come in because they have children Okay. and we respect that. So we, they basically go. Uh, they undergo the same program, but just their location okay. is different. So they go th um, through the training, the vocational training program. We give them clothing, food. We drop groceries. We basically do everything. <laughs> wow. Very same, similarly, but they're outside. Um, once we we're there, you're, you're probably limited in how many outside locations. Oh yeah, right? we can't we can't have because of just the donation. Yeah. If we had a lot of, if you ask me, if you had enough partners, mm -hmm. I want to do sponsorship for the children. So the children right. can be um, going to school and going through the education. Okay. Yeah. So when you get the women in here and they yeah. start the program, so you'll mm -hmm. have maybe up to 20 women mm -hmm. and you have a house mama. We do. And a counselor right yeah. now and yourself. Yeah. So that's your staff yes. working with 20 women. <laughs> yes. Okay. And they are, they're living here 24 seven. Yes. Yeah. And you, you're taking them through life skill training. Exactly. You're you're doing spiritual teaching. Exactly. Counseling. Counseling. Trauma healing. Trauma healing. Mm -hmm. Wow. So we depend literally on volunteers from the campus ministry that my husband okay. worked in for a long time. So we have a lot of neat people that come in on Saturdays usually and do a lot of trauma healing, counseling. Um, we. We use them. We apologize for the technical difficulties, but the wireless microphones we were using during this interview actually ran out of power. So the audio from here on out will be sourced directly from the camera microphone. All right, so you find women either through the churches help you find the exactly. women that come into your program. Right. Or you and your husband go out. We just go out every night Gee. and we just give them cards and we say, hey, if you want to get out from this kind of life, just give us a call. And they end up giving us a call. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so um, children, tell us a little bit about the. Yeah, so we, uh, so there's two kinds. So this is residential, right? So the Samaritan Home is only for residential. For the non-residential, there's women that do not want to be here and they have kids. So we just, we help them. We go through the same you know, program, we pay for their rent, clothes, everything that's necessary, but they just don't live here. Mm -hmm. uh, so I do want to start like a children's sponsorship program where we can help children okay. so they can go to school and all that good stuff. Awesome, awesome. Right. So you, you're starting a new class in November. Exactly. And if people want to support you, they can go online? They, yeah, they can mm -hmm. go on the, well, www.springsoflivingwater.org and they can donate from there. They can there. donate through there. They can get so newsletters. Newsletter. Exactly. Great way to stay in touch. Yes. All right. Yeah. And by the way, this is not just a prop. No. Um, <laughs> this is actually an Ethiopian coffee ceremony set up. Uh, the first time I came here in 2002, a friend of mine invited me over after church. And they have coals here that don't fill the room up with smoke. They're high quality coals. They roast the beans, they boil the water, they crush the beans, exactly. grind them. Yeah. 
and then they serve a, an espresso drink, and then they pop popcorn, and you just talk for a couple hours, and it's beautiful. It's wonderful. Yeah. Demon coffee, so good. It's the so best. Good. <laughs> it's the best. So we thought we would do it with this little setup of Ethiopian coffee. Yeah. And thanks everybody for tuning in to Spirituality Adventures. We're so glad you're here. So glad you uh, took time to listen to this. And thank you so much you're for sharing welcome. your story. Thank next you. time you're in Kansas City, yes, we'll, we'll get caught up. Or next time I'm here, we'll love that. We'll love that. So that would be great. Thank you so much, Greg. Thank you. All right. Thanks everybody. Take care. Thank you. This concludes today's episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Remember. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Remember to like, share, or subscribe to the social media platform that you're using. And then go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, and make a one-time donation. Or you can subscribe monthly and receive our special bonus content. Thanks so much.